Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Game Talk Radio. And man, has it been a minute. Or a day, a month, or about five months. Almost six months since the last episode, which I think I've gone longer stretches. But I I hate that, you know, and I, I hate the fact that uh, I don't do this as often as I used to. However, I'm actually recording this from the new Game Trade Studio. One of my back rooms I set up as a streaming room, and this is my first podcast I'm recording in here. So now I'm going to be able to have guests back here and and chat, and hopefully it'll be hopefully it'll be great. Uh, I have so much to catch up with you all on in my personal life and the store, and you know, and then I want to talk about reviews. I actually want to talk about Starfield a little bit, and I want to talk about game reviews and how utterly stupid the internet has become when it comes to. Uh, the piece of plastic that you want to play your video games on being different from the piece of plastic that I like to play my video games on. And uh, just utter insanity going on. Uh, Other than that, hope you all have been well. I've been doing fantastic. Uh, Let's see, where to start? Well, uh, year to date. So this is, I'm recording this on September 13th. It should go up in the next couple days at the latest. Hopefully it'll be up tomorrow. Um, I've officially lost about 40 pounds this year. So I've been, I've been working hard, been really doing my best to lose some weight. I want to lose about 20 more, and then I feel like I'll be happy with that. I'll be at a weight that I haven't been since probably I was 16, if I had to guess. <laughs> uh, but that's you know that, that's the big thing um, for me going on right now. I mean, life's, life's good as it can be. Back in February, if you follow me on Twitter, you've probably seen the pictures, but we rescued a puppy. Her name's Ruby, little Stafford um, uh, Pitbull. Uh, a little staffy and she is unreal cute pain in the ass awesome and terrible all at the same time (laughs) like kids (laughs) Uh, but no she's great and I I love her and like it's cool I've never been a dog person before so this is kind of my first foray into being a dog owner I've always been a cat guy and I, I love her to death and she's great and you know they have personalities just like you know cat uh well cats do too but like how kids do and it's it's interesting to uh it's interesting to like take care of something more than you have to than with like a cat or something you know and they're like dogs are like perpetually three years old essentially as far as their mental capacity of a human so it's like interesting to be like a child you're constantly taking care of but they show you a level of love and like back and affection back to you that you don't get from other pets, especially cats. Like, yeah, cats will snuggle up with you and stuff, but like, it's not like a dog. You know, dogs are different for sure. Now, I'm not saying I'm a dog person now. I'm still love my cats. I'm still a cat person, but it's been it's been a fun ride. So her name's Ruby. She's a little brown staffy pit bull, and she's adorable. If you haven't, head over to Twitter. Follow me at, at Game Trade Greg, and you can see all the. Uh, you could see all the uh, cool pictures. I even uh, yesterday I uploaded a video of her snoring. Uh, Pitbulls. She's got like kind of a snub nose, and uh, so she snores like wild, and she farts like wild too. So uh, me and her have a lot in common. <laughs> um, but uh, other than that, uh, so um, what have I been playing? This year has been an incredible year for games. I think this will go down in many years in the future. People will look back at this year as one of those years. Like how in the hell did we get through this year? You know, like it's like, like how did we afford all the games we wanted to play and how did we find the time to play them? Which if I'm like anybody else, I'm assuming we didn't and that you haven't been able to play everything you've wanted to because of, uh, you know, because of how good it was. Now I last talked to you guys in March. So, I'll kind of go from there what I've been playing. So um I I played through Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. I play I put 180 hours into Zelda and it was awesome. It was great, f- fantastic game, super fun. I liked that quite a bit. Uh after that, I rolled right into Final Fantasy 16. So imagine that, right? Imagine this year, not even a month apart. Maybe it was a month apart. But close that close a new mainline legend of zelda and a new mainline final fantasy i mean these are two icons of games that are just fantastic 
Uh, and then let's see, after Final Fantasy, I started playing Baldur's Gate 3. There was something else in there. What am I missing? I forget. There was something else after Final Fantasy, but then I went into Baldur's Gate 3, which is just an awesome, awesome RPG. And then Armored Core 6 came out, so I've been playing Armored Core 6. And then Starfield came out, which we're going to talk about a little bit later and the ridiculousness of the reviews of people out there and everything. So Starfield comes out, and then after that, we have Lies of P, which if you don't know, that is a, and I'm not joking when I say this, it is a Soulsborne game, so it's like Dark Souls, except it you play as Pinocchio. <laughs> in, in a dark and twisted world, uh, you play as Pinocchio, which sounds like a joke, uh, but it's not. And that, that So I want to play that. We have the DLC for Cyberpunk coming out in, I think, a couple weeks, if not one week, one or two weeks. Uh, and then we have Spider-Man 2 coming in October. Uh, recently just released was Sea of Stars, which was made by the company that made Messenger. But it's a just awesome retro-styled RPG. And it's just crazy how much good stuff there is. It's just, it's madness what kind of year. And it wasn't even the beginning of the year. Almost all this stuff started in Q2 and then was Q2, Q3, and, and leading through quarter four. Um, but... Uh, yeah, so I've been playing, I've been playing a lot of stuff, been playing a lot of stuff. Uh, it's, it's been great. And of course that doesn't leave much time for anything else. Haven't been keeping up on much for shows, uh, because you only have so much time in the day, you know, and, and also I've had this little thing going on at the store. If you're not, if you don't follow me on Twitter and you aren't local, you may not know this, but, uh, I have officially the store remodel is done. And I don't know, I don't remember if I talked about this on the last podcast, but yeah, basically we, our neighbor moved out and we were able to knock the wall down and double up our space, which also what was kind of cool about that was the old space that our neighbor was in used to be my store. When we first opened 12 and a half years ago, we opened and actually the back room I'm in right now recording is my old back room from 12 and a half years ago. So when I opened 12 and a half years ago, I had this half and then after five years I moved next door it was an old hair salon and they moved out and their space was a little bit bigger so I took over their space and made the store a little bit bigger and it was great well seven years later we knocked the wall out took the old space combined it with the new space and it's awesome and I'm so damn proud of it and and it, I don't want to get ahead of myself here because there's so much to talk about with the store that I want to talk about all that, but then obviously we got to get to the story too. And at some point I have to go home <laughs> because I'd like to go home and eat some dinner uh, since I'm recording this at 8 p.m. my time. Uh, that's been a key part, just side note for the weight loss that I've been doing. It's eating regularly and eating just less. That's my only trick. I'm not even working out. I'm not even going to the gym. I'm straight up just eating less and making sure I eat like, I don't want to say frequently, but I eat consistently. So my body is not like hungry at 8 p.m. because it knows I usually eat around 8.30 or 9. Now, when 8.30 or 9 rolls around, I'm, I'm ravenous. But, uh, uh, you know, my body, like you essentially you train it. You train your mind, you train your body, and, and it works. So, so far, it's been working. Lost 40 pounds. I still got 20 to go, and I want to hit it by the end of the year, but it's going to be tough because we're already, I mean, like September, October, November, December. I mean, it's possible. I'm a little bit behind schedule. I'm a couple pounds behind. But. When I have my physical, usually it's like in the end of November, uh, at least the doctor will get to tell me that I lost some weight, which he's always telling me to do. So you know, I'll actually be able to, you know, tell that stupid doctor that I lost some weight. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, so we got to kind of get rolling with all of it. But I want to really talk about the store because it was a hellacious project. I don't know how else to say it. It was it pushed me to my mental limit of what I'm capable of handling stress-wise, but also what I can plan and do. And so I look at it now, and even I think sometimes I can't believe I was able to pull it off. Just, I'm be, I'm be honest, I, I'm like, I can't believe I pulled this off because I have a staff and I have, you know, I have employees, but they didn't handle the prep. They didn't handle the planning on how the process would work. They didn't handle any of that. That was all me. Uh, and then in the middle of all this, 
So if you've been listening to my podcast, I think I talked about this a couple podcasts ago, but my longest tenured employee quit last summer, Dave. And so Dave uh, and I, he worked for me for almost nine years. It was, it's crazy. And I wasn't expecting it. It kind of came out of the blue. And so I was always expecting him to take over the store someday. I never expected him to leave. Um, but you know, he needed something else in his life. He was looking for something that we couldn't provide and, and, um, you know, I sent him on his merry way and I wished him the best because we're good friends. Um, so he was gone and I'd hired two new people. And so to basically to replace him, I hired two people and one didn't work out and we had to terminate him back in like November. And then I brought on somebody else to replace that guy. So, uh, we have Noah and Conrad are two new employees. Well, so I'm getting all this planning and prep ready. We're going to have to shut the store down for two weeks while we prepare, you know, to, to like rip the wall out and carpet the whole store and like redo all the walls and everything. And we're prepping for all that. And a week before they start construction, Charlie, who is my third most tenured guy, he tells me, Hey man, I'm, I'm going to be leaving. <laughs> now, I'll admit that was tough. And Charlie actually listens to the podcast too. So I appreciate you. And I love you, man. And, and obviously there's no ill will or anything. Um, and so he decided he needed to leave and, and it admittedly, like it kind of broke my brain a little bit because I was putting together in my head, what was my most ambitious project to date. I've never tried anything on this scale before. And I, he's always been my number one guy as far as like working similar to me like he sees the store the way I see it and so when he said that I struggled with that because knowing we're gonna about to be doing this remodel not having the extra set of hands all that stuff and my brother's wedding my younger brother's wedding who I was the uh, best man was set to be the weekend before we reopen after doing all the work (laughs) like um, my, my life was so crazy in April and May you know, I, it just, it was, it was a lot. And, and I admit it pushed me to my mental limit. Uh, so, you know, so, but I had to plan everything meticulously. Like I planned out, we had custom fixtures built. So I had to plan the payment and the building of those to go in, to coincide with the store opening. Uh, also though, we didn't have an offsite storage so I had to coordinate with the building to let us move our product to a, an empty space a couple doors down, which they let us do, which was really generous of them. And they let us do that. And so we had to move the product there, wait for the construction to be done, then figure out how to get the product back in and set the whole store, uh, set the whole store up before that weekend. That was my brother's wedding because we had to reopen. You know, you can only be closed so long and being closed for two weeks was already, it killed me. Like I've never, uh, been closed that long minus the COVID closures that we had. Uh, so it, it was, it was tough. You know, it was, it was just something that it took a lot of mental capacity, but I planned it all out. Right. And so Charlie was there to help us kind of rip it all down, but he left before we put it all back together, which it, uh, I would tell him and Charlie, if you're listening, you missed the fun part. <laughs> the fun part was putting it back together because you get to rearrange everything. You get to arrange the shelves and like you pick where the product goes. Like it, it was it was awesome. So anyway, I worked every day during that two week stretch. Like I was there talking to somebody, talking to the builders, planning something, coordinating, something, picking something, whatever. And, uh, and I hadn't worked like that since I first opened the store. So, you know, I you, you get comfortable, right? You get comfortable in life with whatever your regular schedule is. And I wasn't really, you know, I wasn't looking forward to working for two weeks in a row <laughs> without a day off, but I knew it had to be done. Right. So you do what you got to do. And, uh, so we had, I was there technically they finished. I want to say on the Friday afternoon or Friday by noon, they finished the construction of the fir- end of the first week. So we got the store back and we had Friday, Saturday, Sunday, And then we basically had Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday to set it all up before I had to go out of town Friday for my brother's wedding. So I was there over the weekend, that first weekend. Um, I had already used everyone for payroll, so nobody else was working. We set up a little bit of stuff on Friday afternoon. And then Saturday, I went there for a good chunk of the day. Sunday, I was there a good chunk of the day. And I was rearranging the racks and I was putting the glass cases in. And I'm like, looking at all this stuff. And I'm like, because you also have to, one thing you have to think about, you know, 
on the surface, you look at this place like it's a used video game store, man. You know, like, why are you working so hard? And, uh, well, first of all, every job is hard work, especially if you love what you do and you want to be the best. But, you know, some of the things you don't think about, right? We had to figure out where all of our product was going to go. You can't just decide, oh, I want PS2 to be over here. You have to figure out how many shelves you have, how many square footage you have, how much product you have to fit onto that shelf. Because we wanted to grow every section. Because the more games you have faced out, the better they sell. Basic stuff, easy stuff. But it's just something you don't think about sometimes. So a lot of mental planning went into all this. And I think I don't think I've planned as much as I've planned this on anything I've ever done. I'm kind of more of a doer. I'll, I'll, I'll set something up. I'll start working on it. And then if it doesn't work, I just redo it or try it a different way. But this, I knew I couldn't do it that way. A lot of planning. And so I'm there that Saturday and Sunday night and I start rearranging the racks where I want them to go. And it just all clicks into place. Like I'm moving these glass cases all by myself, like these six foot glass cases. I'm like, I got them on carpet sliders and I'm sliding glass cases around and I move it all around and I got it, man. It all, it all clicked and it came into place. Exactly how it looks now is how I set it up. And I was so proud and happy of it. And then I mapped out where every section was going to go on the walls and everything. And so then when Monday came, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I had all four of our remaining employees. So Charlie was gone and it was just me, Dom, Noah, Conrad. So we had two new guys that we hired just the year before and then me and Dom. And so we basically have four days to set the store up and we're, we're cranking, man. We're doing everything you can do. You know, you're, you're just doing everything you can to set everything up and I'm setting up everything. Like I'm staying late after everybody else leaves. I'm staying late and setting up the desks and the test units and the everything, you know, like testing all that stuff out. And I'm doing all that. And then when they're there, I'm trying to get all the products set up. And it's like Thursday morning. And I looked around. And I went, hey, guys, I just want to let you know, I think we're behind because we only had one day left and we had to get everything done. And I will admit the boys pushed hard. We kicked butt. And that that project got mostly done. I ended up going in Friday morning to do a little bit like moving some of the track lighting around and replacing some light bulbs and stuff. Got that all done. Got to my house by like one o'clock in the afternoon picked up the animals, packed up the truck, and then went to the Airbnb to stay for my brother's wedding. So we do all that. The wedding's great, man. It goes off without a hitch. Um, I love my little brother. His name's Joe. Uh, so proud of him. Um, man, I, I love him. His wife, uh, Ashley, is, uh, is a good friend of mine. I've known her longer than I've known him. At, uh, sorry, I've known her longer than he's known her, I should say. I've known him longer than her. But uh, I love her to death too. And uh, to see two people you really, really love find each other and be happy together, like, man, there's, I don't know, that's hard to beat, you know? Uh, so I gave a, a killer best man speech. Uh, not a lot of people gave speeches. I was kind of surprised. It was me and then uh, Ashley's brother gave a speech for her. And that was kind of it. Like I was disappointed, man. Like more people need to do speeches at weddings. And I know I've got the gift of gab, right? Like I, I know I've got that superpower, but I, you know, you'd like to see more people stand up and just say nice things at my wedding. I almost made it a requirement. I didn't, I didn't require it, but I told people like I expected them to say something. And I think I only had three people out of my six groomsmen do speeches. But one of the speeches, Austin, one of my very, very good friends, and he worked for me for a long time at, at GameStop. And so I was more of a big brother to him. He's, I look at him more like a, a little brother than I do a friend. Uh, I love him to death. And and he gave just the sweetest speech, man. It was so nice. And he was tearing up during it. And I just, man, I, he, I felt so bad for him. But he, you know, but he did it. He did the speech and it, he he made me feel appreciated. You know, So I wanted to share that with my brother and make sure he understood that uh, how much he was loved and appreciated. And, uh, and I think I did that, but again, I understand I've got the gift. <laughs> it's, it's like my superpower. I mean, it got me in a lot of trouble in school, <laughs> but as far as in life, it's taken me far, especially as a salesman. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so, so the wedding goes out without a hitch. Um, we get back from the wedding, like Sunday, Sunday at like noon or one, we get back to our house and then. I decided I wanted to do a friends and family event at the store before it opened on Monday morning. I decided to do a friends and family event Sunday night. So Sunday night, I invite some friends and family to come check it out. And mostly because my family was in town for the wedding. Like it wasn't in town. It was like an hour away, but it was a lot of my family from further away were up and I wanted them to see it. And of course it didn't work out where they could. So I was like, oh crap, because a lot of people left town earlier. 
uh, before I was back at the store to open it for them. So it was ended up being kind of stupid anyway, but I reached out to a couple people that I, I like and really care about people that were like regular customers, but have also transcended that into like friends. Um, and so I invited some people in and if you are hearing this and you didn't get invited, please don't take it personally. I just messaged people I had in my phone and like, I, you know, I was burned out. So if I missed you, I do apologize, but had a friends and family event, showed off the store a little bit, just absolutely loved it. Uh, we put up some big screen TVs we have up all the time now that play like clips of complete libraries of games. So it'll do like 10 seconds of every Super Nintendo game. It's just, you know, just to add to the ambiance. And I needed to figure out how to step my game up because, you know, when I opened 12 and a half years ago, nobody was doing what I did. Nobody had a dedicated video game only store. I would say, you know, in Green Bay for sure. But even in like the whole state, I don't remember ever seeing just, just video games. It was always media stores. It was, uh, it was mega medias. It was take twos. It was, you know, uh, toy exchange, you know, whatever it was. And it would do, they would do video games, but they would do other stuff too. So I think I set kind of a precedent that, and then what I would say, not trying to sound arrogant, but my level of customer service, like is really high, you know, and how I connect with people. So I don't think anyone else was doing that. Uh, and then other stores started opening, man, like press start and Appleton, great stores, Zach, great owner, great staff there. Those guys are awesome. Um, start over games in Oshkosh, Rob, great owner, great store. Like the, these were places that, that came up and, and like they saw what I was doing and they said, Hey, we can do that. And then we're going to take it a step further. And so then I had to come to a point and Zach and press start in Appleton actually got to remodel his store first. He had the exact same situation, but a couple years before me, they knocked a wall out, doubled their space. And I'm like, damn, I'm so envious of that. I want that space. I need that space. And, uh, so we finally got our opportunity later, but, uh, so, you know, so we needed to do something when we reopened, I'm like, my store has to be better again. It has to take what they've done and take that to the next level. Now I got to push, I can't get complacent. I can't rest on my laurels. I just, I can't do it. And so I added some things like the TVs and we still have the music playing. We carpeted our store. We, you know, we, the way we made our store accessible and the way we made it look and feel, I feel like we did that. And I'm so damn proud of it. I, I got nothing left in the tank. I look at this store and I go, this is what I've got. I've got nothing left. <laughs> this is it. Um, if somebody comes in and goes, Hey, you know, the store kind of sucks. I don't like it. I got nothing. I got nothing. I couldn't go. Okay. Back to the drawing board. Like, this is what I got. This is all I got, man. Um, and, uh, and we've been busting Ever since we reopened, we've been slamming. We've been more busy than ever. Um, the project admittedly cost more money than I would have liked to have paid. We were closed for two weeks and now we're paying twice as much rent. So like money, money wise, it kind of sucks because we're doing a bunch of extra sales just to kind of make the same amount of money we were making before. But hey, that's business, baby. You know, you got to you got to deal with it. Uh, and that's the the price of growing. And once you grow, I think that the sales will come along with that, though. And you st we've already been seeing it. Admittedly, this week, it's like we hit a brick wall. Uh, it just seemed like everybody stopped coming in. We stopped getting as many trades and stuff. But we're coming off of the last three weeks where we were doing crazy trades. We just put out 800 NES games yesterday morning. <laughs> 800 NES games. It's insane. We put out like 100 just banging Super Nintendo games the Friday before that. And then just today, I was about to say the trades were bad this week, right? But then today, someone sold us $600 worth of Sega Dreamcast games. <laughs> so it's like, holy crap. It's just been awesome. Uh, so business is good. You know, like I said, we're a little bit behind because we got to catch up on the expenses we paid and the days we were closed for the remodel and stuff. But we're coming back at it. So, uh, but anyway, enough about the store. I hope if you haven't seen it yet and you're local or quasi-local, I hope you get to the store and check it out. It is um, it is the thing, I the most my oh how do i say it like uh it is my greatest achievement to date i hope i can do something else in my life so my greatest achievement isn't just opening a video game store but i am really proud of it and maybe my greatest achievement is the money we raise for extra life children's hospitals of wisconsin but you know i digress whatever <laughs> you know what i mean uh but anyway i've been talking now for 24 minutes let's talk about the story of the day so this actually i have to admit this is actually what brought me out of podcast my podcast coma. This is what brought me back from my, my cryogenic podcast sleep, if you will. So this has been cooking for a while. 
and I've I've talked about actually having Mike Untitled on for a little bit about this, and we go back and forth on it, and it's hard sometimes to organize a schedule, but me and him feel very strongly about this, but even he admits if you talk about it, you often become part of the problem. And that's what's tough about this topic is I want to talk about it, but not feed into the drama of it. And I know my YouTube channel blew up and my popularity blew up from essentially being a video game drama channel, which looking back, I'm proud of what I did back then. But now that's kind of ass. Like, (laughs) I don't love that. And I don't love the idea of just picking a subject and then it being drama, 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 negativity every week. You know, in fact, I'm conceptualizing a new podcast that I want to start recording episodes really soon where I do a guest host every week and we talk about the greatest games of all time and we just talk about a game and we talk about what makes a game great and we love it and that's going to be it and so so look forward to that that'll be released here it'll have a different thumbnail if I remember to do that and it'll have a different title it'll be called G Goat the greatest games of all time and uh and hopefully that'll be a little more positive so I want to talk about this though because it's like it's frustrating to me where the gaming community is. And you guys have heard me rant about this before. I hate the term gamer. Like it just, it, I hate it. I, I just, I, I just, it's, I don't know why I'm not going to rant on it. I've ranted on it before, but I just hate that term. And I don't know why I think it's because in the past, that term was used almost, uh, almost as a way to like demean people who play video games. And I don't like, I've been fighting this stigma since I was in middle school about video games being for dorks, comic books being for dorks, getting my ass kicked because I like reading Spider-Man comics and playing Nintendo, you know? And so I've been fighting this stigma forever. Even as a GameStop manager, I would hire employees and their their parents, like I'd hire like a 16-year-old kid, their parents were like, oh, didn't you get a real job? Oh, you're working at a video game? Like, like we somehow don't have a real job or something, you know? Frustrating, annoying. So I've been fighting that stigma forever and I think the term gamer, as much as the gamers, I guess, are trying to take it back, it's always going to feel like that to me. Uh, so, you know, I typically don't use that, but like the game, I don't know how else to say it without, you know, let's just, I'll keep it simple and I'll use that term on the podcast, like gaming culture and people who like video games have this weird obsession with the console wars, right? We've talked about that on here before. Console warriors are just the absolute most annoying people to me on the planet. And if listen and, and and let me be clear if you like Xbox more than PlayStation and you only play games on Xbox because you prefer it that's not what I'm talking about I'm talking about the people who refuse to play Sony games or crap talk Sony games or will even go as far as to give them bad reviews on like Metacritic because it's for a company that is quote unquote their rival which is just beyond stupid to me because you can have both. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it harkens all the way back. I mean, it's everything, right? I understand we're very divided right now as a society. I'm not going to say like, like it's everything, right? It's politics. Yeah, duh. It always is like that. But it's, I remember being on the school bus and kids were like, oh, Ford or Chevy, man, Ford or Chevy, which at least in the case of Ford versus Chevy, when you buy a vehicle, it's usually a pretty big investment. So you'd want to invest in a company and have a better item And you're not going to be buying something the following month, right? You're not going to buy another truck the next month later. But like the idea that you can't somehow be a fan of PlayStation games and Xbox games is mind boggling to me, you know? And then there's, we're also divided when it comes to, oh, well, PC gaming versus console gaming. And it's just, it's so stupid because gaming is just fun and it's supposed to be fun and you're supposed to find the cool, awesome stuff that you want to, you know, play and enjoy and share you know it's like do you do you hear anybody let me just ask you this do you hear anybody saying netflix sucks i'm a hulu guy and i'm i only watch hulu i only watch hulu man no no i don't watch disney plus no max screw you uh uh (laughs) pluto tv or whatever um whatever stupid freebie uh tubi whatever they all no man forget all that I'm Hulu only. I only watch Hulu exclusive shows. Wait, that show's a Netflix exclusive? Screw that show. I'm not going to watch it. Nobody does that. Nobody nobody does that. Now, of course, people say, yeah, Netflix sucks. Hulu sucks. Their prices suck. Sure. You like it. You don't like it. Whatever. But you don't see like TV streaming fanboys who refuse to watch anything else. 
Although I could probably make an argument back in the day, maybe people did that with like HBO and Cinemax way back when. But those were two premium channels, you know, like, but even that, it doesn't make sense. If somebody said that to me, I'd be like, that, that doesn't make any sense. So why is it so prevalent in console gaming? I don't know. And I can't, I can't figure out why here, especially it's so stupid and it's just beyond making any sort of sense. So what's been frequently happening is the process called review bombs. And if you're not familiar with a review bomb, a review bomb is when because of something that's in the game or something that the company does that releases the game, people will leave a negative review for the game, even people who haven't played it. And so you'll see all of a sudden hundreds and sometimes thousands of negative reviews will show up and bring the overall score of a game down. So first of all, that really pisses me off because some larger companies that are, you know, not the greatest use Metacritic scores as a way to incentivize success in a product. So they'll say, Hey, if your game reviews at an 89 or higher Metacritic, you get an X amount of bonus for all your employees. Well, I can understand how on paper that's fine, right? You're trying to say, Hey, you make a good game, you get more money. That sounds great. But what you're also saying is, but these outside factors so say somebody does something you don't like, you know, and then they decide to review bomb the game. You guys don't get your bonus because of that. And it could be something as stupid as EA or Activision Blizzard. As a company, they release it and maybe they put microtransactions in the game. So people go to boycott that game. They review bomb it, bring the score down. That studio may not get the bonuses for their employees. Like how, how messed up is that, right? So I understand the other side of it too, where people say, hey, review bombs are our way of expressing our, you know, unhappiness with a certain company or developer or game. And I guess, I guess you can do that, right? I guess, you know, First Amendment rights, I suppose, right? Do whatever you say, whatever you want, I guess. But I just, why can't you vote with your wallet, right? That's what I do. If I don't like something, I just don't buy it. Or if I get bad service somewhere, I just don't go back. I don't feel the need to leave a negative review necessarily. Not that I haven't. And there are extreme cases where I've left negative reviews on like Google or something. But for the most part, why, you know, why do you have to tear it down? You just vote with your dollars and don't buy it. Tell your friend, hey, you know what? Don't buy it. Even if you do that, right? Go to all your friends and be like, hey, I wouldn't support this company. There's places I can't stand. Personally, I hate Walmart. I don't shop at Walmart. I sometimes still have to, so I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> don't I try not to be, and I try not to shop there. But I hate Walmart, and so I don't shop there when I can help it. And so most of the time, I won't shop there, but every now and then, whatever. My wife, she only does like Walmart pickups. <laughs> it's fine. But I choose not to spend my money there. Okay, cool. Um, I choose not to spend my money at... Uh, What's, what's another good example? Oh, like just say like, um, I don't know, local restaurant or something like one of the local diners here recently has been messing up my order like every time I go. So I finally decided I let him know the last time I left, like, hey, I won't be coming back because of this. And I left and I won't go back. I didn't go on Google and like blast them and try to get other people to hate them just because I had a negative experience. But anyway, that's what these people do. And it can be anything, right? It could be console fanboys say it's an Xbox game, it could be console fanboys who go there and they review bomb the game because, you know, it's not on their system of choice. Or it could be something that, you know, Starfield, for instance, Starfield's actually been checking a lot of boxes <laughs> in it for these different options. But Starfield, for instance, has a pronouns option. You can choose your pronouns. Oh, the humanity. Choosing your pronouns. Oh, God, the world's over. Everybody, the world's on fire because you got to choose your pronouns. It's, it's so stupid, but that got people to review bomb the game. There's also some, some angry, some crazy rant. I don't even know who it is. Cause I had to keep, I had to keep muting people's accounts because it kept showing up in my feed. Some crazy, uh, English dude. I don't know. Just ranting and ranting. Like it was the worst thing that ever happened to him was that Starfield let you choose your pronouns. Oh my God. You know, it's, it's, it's who, oh my God. Like it affects anything. Oh my God. Anyway, moving on. Now, you can argue probably that maybe you feel like you don't agree with that. All I know is that it gives people options. And there's nothing wrong with that. 
nothing wrong with giving people options. And you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting people to show you the respect and address you how you want to be addressed. You know, I don't see a problem with that. I try to be respectful to people. Even people I don't know, you just try to be nice and respectful. It's not that hard, you know? And yes, does it get a little out of control? Sure. Sometimes. Who cares? Ignore it. You don't need to like do a 20 minute rant video like that weird Englishman, right? But that's one of the things that got this game review bombed was uh, was the uh, uh, the option of pronouns. Oh my God, the children. Um, But all it took was about five seconds of Googling. And here's what I Googled first. Tears of the Kingdom review bomb. <laughs> so back when Tears of the Kingdom came out in April, the game started getting review bombed. Why? Because it was an Nintendo game that's not on PlayStation or Xbox? Like, I don't, I don't, it just kind of doesn't make any sense. And then I Googled after that, I Googled Final Fantasy 16 review bomb. Final Fantasy 16 was a PlayStation 5 exclusive at first. It's coming later now, but it was exclusive early. Apparently designed the ground up for the PlayStation. Getting review bombed. Why? Because it's not on Xbox. S stupid. Uh, so stupid. And then <laughs> uh, we go to Starfield because Starfield's been cranking up an extra amount of vitriol to me. Like it's this game. I don't know why, but it's getting just blasted from every angle you could possibly conceive. It's so strange. Uh, I don't think I've seen a game be this polarizing in a really long time. It is a console exclusive. Now, obviously, there's a lot of stuff going on here, right? Originally, Starfield apparently was going to be on PlayStation, right? Bethesda gets bought by Microsoft. And now the game is exclusive to the uh, Microsoft ecosystem. So PC and Xbox. So you've got some angry Sony fans that wanted to play the game and can't. So they hate it. You get the pronoun people irritated by pronouns. They hate it. Then you get these people who, and a lot of this is crossover too, but you've got these people attacking the game itself, saying things like, oh, No Man's Sky is better because it randomly generates millions of planets and Starfield only has, I don't know, thousands of planets or what, whatever it even has. And and then you've got the people that hate Bethesda games because this is made by the same studio that made Skyrim, Oblivion, Fallout 3, Fallout 4. And so, like, you've got the people that hate those games because they're beggy, buggy messes. And, and it's just, you've got all this cross-hate. It's wild. Um, what, one of my employees, Noah, who I mentioned earlier, he's put about, I don't know how many hours he's in now, but he's on his third playthrough. He loves the game. Now, he loves everything Bethesda, but he loves the game. Anybody who like ex knows what kind of game this is or is knows what to expect with this game seems to really enjoy it. I agree. I've been playing about 10 hours only. I'm just scratching the surface. It's a Bethesda RPG. I don't know what people's problem is with this game, but it's drawn out this really weird, like, it's, it's this console fanboyism. And... I guess it goes back to that whole thing too. And this isn't just in video games, but like this whole hero worship, right? Like we love putting things on pedestals. And the only thing we love more than putting something on a pedestal is watching it fall off, right? Like people, and, and I'm not like this. I, I actually, I think the hero worship is super gross, especially like celebrities. Like they're just people, man. Sports stars, they're just people. But like people love putting things on a pedestal and then nothing more do they love than watching them that that same thing they put up crash and burn and i don't understand that like i don't understand why we have to be like why do people love that so much and it's not everybody obviously but so many people love watching the fall they love the drama they love all that stuff like i said my my youtube and my um, podcast all the early stuff was really drama heavy and that got views. My Billy Mitchell stuff, which like I stopped doing it because I was so grossed out and annoyed and irritated by Billy Mitchell content. That's my most viewed stuff, period. It, it just like not even close. That's what got us monetized on YouTube was my Billy Mitchell videos taking off. 
And, and you know, and eventually got to a point where it's like, ooh, what's new Billy news this week? I got to keep up with it. Like, no, that's so gross, man. So, but people love the drama. People love the negativity, which arguably is why people love watching Fox News and MSNBC and stuff because there they're trying to rally you up. They're trying to bring you the, the bum, 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 you know, the, this, this crazy drama. And like, I'm not saying you can't get news from those sources, but you get it filtered through this whole opinionated piece of here's what we think you should think like us. And it's always the other side bad, you know, the other side evil, the other side terrible. And it's like, well, it's not cut and dry like that, you know, and the, the majority of us people live in the normal middle, right? And the extremes are always what kind of takes there. Same thing with video games. The average people play in the middle and are fine. But these extremes, these console warriors, these Mm, these people just piss me off and how stupid they are. And so you've got people, uh, you got Sony people just destroying Starfield, right? And they're, and, and like, they'll, they'll, they'll take a clip of something. They'll, they'll share bugs or they'll do this. Just, just like crapping all over the game. And it's just so infuriating to me because it's a good game. Starfield is a good game that was really well made by lots of really talented people. And if you don't like it, that's okay. But just because you don't like something doesn't mean it's bad. And I think ultimately that leads me into my issue probably as a whole, which is just reviews, just reviews. I think reviews in general are stupid because they're opinions, right? It's what this person thinks or that person thinks. So if it's just someone else's opinion, unless you always agree with that person, that review is essentially worthless to you. And most of these people that form these opinions have formed them through their life experience they form them through issues they've had in the past. Um, like, for instance, one of the big reviews that came in that really started bashing Starfield was from, uh, I want to, so everyone's saying Jim Sterling, but I, I want to say Jim Transition. It's Stephanie Sterling now, but still goes under the Sterling name for um, purposes of like uh, advertising. So I'm just going to say Sterling because I don't want to, I don't want to misgender. So, and I don't want a dead name. So Sterling gives a review of Starfield a 4 out of 10. Now, I look at a 4 out of 10 score. That, to me, is a bad game. If you gave a score, if you gave a, if you gave a game a 4 out of 10, you think it's bad. Even if we go on the normal system, which would mean 5 was average, which it isn't how it works. 7 is more average. It's almost like this is, I could go on a whole rant about this, but like Game Informer kind of ruined expectations of game reviews. You know, if you think about it on a one to 10 scale, a five should be average, right? But Game Informer kind of set the standard that a seven was average. If it was a seven, if it was below seven, the game was crap. But that's kind of messed up with a one to 10 scale, but I digress, whatever. So a four out of 10 would actually say then it's a bad game. And I just don't see how you could get there. I've played the game. I think it's fantastic. I can't wait to play more. But it's that person's opinion. So that's fine. I, okay. I I just, I look at how that opinion was formed. I don't agree with it. So I don't have any interest in listening to that person's review. But also reviews in general. Like if my, my brother came to me and said, hey, I played Starfield. It's super good. You got to play it. I'd be like, okay, I'll play it because my brother said it's good. If he said, you know, I'd be honest, it was kind of rough. I don't think I like it. I would then reply, really? I'm surprised to hear that. I got to check it out and give myself, you know, give, give this game a try and come up with an opinion for myself and see if I agree with you. But there's so many people are swayed by reviews. It's like maddening to me. Like make your own opinion. Don't watch a streamer play it, you know? And like same thing like uh, Joe Vargas, I think, uh, Angry Joe, right? I, I, again, if you like his content, it's fine. I think I don't like his content, but if you like his content, fine. But he also kind of crapped on it too. And then people start crapping on it through him. It, it, it's just like the weirdest thing that people don't, people don't make up their own opinions based on their own experience. They just absorb someone else's opinion and now it becomes their opinion. And, and it's just weird to me because you're spreading this information. I'm not even gonna say misinformation. You're spreading this opinion, but you didn't generate that opinion. You, you copied it essentially from somebody else. This is weird to me. Um, and so I think reviews in general have been given this weird extreme weight. 
that they never should have been given because it's just an opinion. It's the same thing when you opened GamePro in the 90s. It was just that person's opinion. You know, it's it's like, yeah, and can you look at something like Metacritic and see it's got like an 85 out of 100? So that means that the majority of reviews are overwhelmingly positive. But you also have on there a whole bunch of Xbox exclusive websites and YouTube channels that gave it a perfect score. I, I mean, yeah, I haven't played enough to say if it's a perfect score game or not, but I highly doubt I'm going to finish this game and be like, yeah, it's a perfect score. I didn't even give Tears of the Kingdom a perfect score. And that game was fantastic. Final Fantasy 16 is probably an 8 out of 10, 7 or 8 out of 10. Uh, Baldur's Gate 3, that's pretty high up there. That's pretty high up there. That could be, for me, a game of the year contender right now. Um, but, you know, man, I don't know. There's so, so much good stuff. Uh, but, so I don't know. I, I guess... The moral of the story, what old Greggy wanted to tell you, was you need to form your own opinions on this stuff. We, we have to get away from listening to somebody else give an opinion and then that becoming our opinion. We, can't, you can't, we have to be better, right? What do I always say? Let's be better. Let's do better. We have to be better than that. And, uh, and, I, and I don't know. I hope that, uh, you know, I, I hope people think in the future, like, you don't need to be so reactive either. Because there's also people then that start blasting the review that was four out of ten from Sterling and just saying, "This is bullcrap. It's it, it's there's no way it's a four out of ten. It is a four out of ten to Sterling, so that's fine. But if you don't agree with that, that's fine because that was that person's opinion and it's your opinion that you don't agree. And it's okay. Like opinions are not facts; <laughs> they're just opinions for crying out loud. Um. So let me check my other tabs here real quick. Yeah. And then uh, the last thing I want to talk about when it comes to the Starfield and the reviews and stuff is how people, again, and I think this goes back to the hero worship thing and people put celebrities and people who work now in the video game industry, they put them on this weird pedestal, right? So this, I read this and this was probably more frustrating than anything I've read about the console war so far. So uh, it was a tweet, and there's a YouTube video as well. I didn't watch it because I don't watch YouTube videos typically, but Alana Pierce. So she is uh, a very popular, she used to be a writer, I think, on like for like Kotaku, uh, but now she's actually a creative writer at Sony Santa Monica, who did God of War, most recently did God of War and God of War Ragnarok. And she also does like a YouTube channel and she streams. So she was streaming and tweeting out a lot about Starfield a game she's very excited for, very excited to play. And there, all of a sudden, uh, there was, and I know it's, it's one person, right? So this is how the article states it. One issue was a known Twitter troll with over 1,500 followers, which, who cares, calling for Pierce, who is also a streamer, to be fired for streaming Starfield. So people have this opinion, and other people agreed with this person's opinion. They argued that she should be fired for promoting and playing an Xbox game on her personal time on her Twitch streams. I mean, it's, I think what frustrates me about this is that that person and the people that agree with that person have no understanding because they put these people on a pedestal and say she works for Sony. She's a Sony person. Could you imagine if you worked like, well, let's start with me. Could you imagine if I wasn't allowed to shop at any other video game store? That would suck. Imagine you were a Pepsi distributor and you couldn't say, man, I like Diet Coke. You know, I, I it just it makes no sense. So to expect a Sony employee to never play a Nintendo or an Xbox game, that's madness. It's utter madness. Um, And so it was funny because the person also tagged Corey Barlog, who's, the I, technically he wasn't lead, he wasn't product manager on God of War Ragnarok, but he's he's high up at Sony Sony Santa Monica Studios, and Herman Hulst, which is the uh, was it the, like the president of PlayStation Studios or the head of PlayStation whatever I forget his exact title. So then Pierce revealed that Barlog himself is also playing Starfield, and they spent ten minutes talking about the game at work. And then she went on to say it's normal for developers from rival companies to play each other's games and talk about them, adding that Herman Hulst is probably playing Starfield too. 
Pierce said that console wars do not exist within the game industry, especially since developers move around the industry and make friends in different companies. And that's just the utter truth of it. These people are probably closer than you think because they are connected by their occupation. Like if somebody worked at Microsoft and somebody worked at Sony, they're probably crossing paths a lot. You've got their LinkedIn profiles, they're chatting, they're, you know what I mean? Like these are, they meet each other at conferences and they talk to each other. They, they network. That's what you're supposed to do. The idea that if you work for Sony or Microsoft and you can't play games from the other company is just stupid. I don't, I don't have anything else to say about it. It's just flat out stupid. Uh, and so, but this is the sort of stuff that there are people who actually believe that. And I don't get it. I, I don't get it. And I don't get how to get, I don't know how to get through to those people. Because one analogy I want to make is like, I'm a, I, I love football and I'm a Packers fan. Uh, my store is in De Pere, which is, 10 minutes south of Lambeau Field, Green Bay. I love the Packers, and they're my team, and they're who I root for, and I love it. Jordan Love got his first uh, NFL win, and uh, the Rodgers era is over in New York, unfortunately. He ruptured his Achilles, and uh, but Jordan Love won, and Aaron Jones shredded that Bears defense, and it was great. But here's the thing. Here's what I want the comparison I want to make. It's the console wars, quote-unquote. So gaming uh, on PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo. It's not competitive like an NFL thing, right? In the NFL, you have a favorite team. And you know what? My favorite team is the Packers. And if your favorite team is the Bears, we are at odds because I can't have my favorite team be the Packers and the Bears, and they both can't win. They can tie, but they can't both win. One will win, one will lose, or they'll tie. In, the, in, in, in video games, you can everybody can win. By just playing what you want to play. You can own a PlayStation and play these amazing first-party PlayStation games. You can have an Xbox, have Game Pass, and have access to a ton of games delivered to you monthly at no extra charge than your monthly fee. You can have a Nintendo console and play Nintendo's, the, the, the franchises and the characters we've been playing since we were kids. The Marios, the Pokemons, all that stuff. They're, playing one does not is not winning. Sony does not win over Microsoft. And you're not like, that's not the whole idea. This whole thing about sales numbers. And, and that was another thing they were arguing. I didn't even get into that. You know, Starfield had something like 6 million players or something. And then the Sony fans were coming out of the woodwork saying, well, that's Game Pass has this many subscribers. So that means only this many people played the game from Game Pass when it's free. That means nobody likes it. It means the game sucks. Like they make these wild stretches. It's just, it's just back and forth madness and but but like ultimately we don't want there to be a winner and a loser in the console war. what we when those consoles exist and there's multiple levels of competition from the producers of this content and i mean like nintendo microsoft sony we win the consumer wins because each one is pushing the other to be better microsoft pushed Sony to be better during the 360 and PS3 era. Sony during the PlayStation 4 era pushed the hell out of Microsoft back and they pushed them back really far and made Microsoft really take a look at what they were doing with the Xbox division. Nintendo just does whatever the hell they want. <laughs> Nintendo's just out here doing their own thing. Uh, but that's the, you know, that's what's so kind of I don't even like I'm at a loss for words for, it, but that that's the best way I can say it is it's not a win lose situation. It's a win win. If you play the stuff you want to play, I have a switch, a PS five, an Xbox series X, which I never use because I have a gaming PC. I have a gaming PC. I don't need anything else. I don't, I don't need an Xbox because of that PC and I have it hooked up to my TV. So I literally use an Xbox controller on my PC on my TV. So like they're, this whole winners and losers thing is just, it's so frustrating because that's not how it needs to be. We are the only ones who win or lose. And we win if we play the good games we want to play. And we lose if we're too ignorant and arrogant to try something new or to experience something. And man, there are so many good games across all the systems. If you stick to one hardware manufacturer, you are missing out. Full, full stop, bottom line, you're missing out. 
Could you imagine that back in the day? And this and the video game thing goes way back too. Like it was always Nintendo versus Sega, Sony versus Nintendo. You know, Sega versus Sony versus Nintendo. Nintendo and Microsoft versus Sony, starting with the GameCube, Xbox, PS2 era, which now has carried on since. 22 years, these three companies have been battling. Which I, I mean, I'm trying to think, if you look at Nintendo and Sega, they battled, you know, until the Dreamcast essentially became defunct around 2001. So, you know, that wasn't as long as the current quote-unquote console war, but the, the current makeup of, of the companies. So, it, you know, we, we've had three competent companies making good content for us for all these years. You know, like, why would you want that to go away? You know, look at what's happening recently with the Embracer Group. So the Embracer Group is a company that's been buying up a bunch of game studios. They lost their ass last year, and now they're closing studios down. They're, sh they're selling off studios. They're doing everything they can to recoup some losses. And you know what? Everyone at first, when they were getting, when studios were getting bought by them, a lot of people threw up a red flag. Sure, but a lot of people thought it was really cool. Right now, like every day, there's like an article that says Sony should buy, you know, Activision Blizzard, Microsoft, or well, Microsoft bought them already. Sony should buy Capcom. Microsoft should buy Sega. And like, you don't want one or two companies to own all the game companies. That's bad. Competition is what drives the market. And makes it makes us winners. And you know what? It also helps competition wise for the employees that make this great stuff. You know, you have to think of the human side of it too. If you've got multiple companies you can hop around between, that means that that company can't control the work environment that you work in because they are going to get pushed by another company that's trying to make a better work environment and make it better for you. And so I guess that's all I really have for that. I just, it's, it's just, it's maddening. And like, like I was saying about Mike earlier, we talked about doing this together, but then I, you know, he makes a good point. He's like, I can't participate in this. I can't retweet things. I can't even comment on it without adding to the problem. And I would disagree with that a little bit because I feel like what we've done here is we're trying to inform people of this and say, let's be better than that. So I'm going to hope that, that this passed his test and that I'm not adding to the problem. But you know, when you give, when you give eyes to anything, it's possible you know, that you make it worse by making it more known, right? Yeah, you can, like, another thought is, yeah, just, like, put your head down, block out the noise, but is that, you know, is that it? Yeah, I don't know. Do I have all the answers? Hell no. <laughs> I don't. Um, I don't have any of the answers half the time. So, um, also, I, I forgot to say when I was talking about the store stuff, I forgot to say uh, the Wednesday after we opened, Charlie wanted to come back. And so Charlie is back working for me. And actually just last week, Dave started working for me again. So, you know, my good friends, my good workers, these are great guys who work really hard. They're back, you know, and, and, uh, so the, the staff is fuller than it's ever been. And, um, and so it's great anyway. So I know I kind of, I added that onto the end of the podcast here. I didn't mean to, I totally forgot to say that, but so thankfully, uh, you know, Charlie decided to come back and so did Dave and I, I welcome back with open arms because I love those guys. And, uh, and they're good workers too. So it's not just personal. It's, it's they're, they bust their ass, you know, and to find workers like that, that care are dedicated and bust their ass hard to do. So, um, all right. Well, with that being said, that's all I got for today. Uh, normally at the end of the podcast, I think I talk about, what do I normally talk about at the end? It's like my game of the week. Maybe I give people a game of the week. I used to do that for a while. Gosh, has it been so long? I don't even remember what the hell I'm doing anymore in this podcast. So. Uh, well, I'm going to sign off folks. Uh, this was really fun. I'm glad that something tripped my trigger, but keep an eye out for the, I shouldn't even say this because then if I don't do it, Joe, I know you're going to cut my ass about it. Uh, but I want to do it. And so my plan this year is to do a lot more content creation because the store's got a lot of staff. I can bring the staff, have some of them stay late with me, work on some stuff. I'm really excited about it. So we will see though. But my plan is to do that new podcast where we just talk about the greatest games of all time. And it's just going to be a podcast that's super fun talking about awesome, fun stuff. So uh, with that said, thank you very much, everybody, for listening. Uh, I really do love this, and I missed it, and it's good to be back. It was easy. I got everything set up pretty quickly. It wouldn't be that hard to add a second microphone to get a second person in here. And, uh, you know, it's pretty darn cool. So 
Uh, thank you again for listening and for, you know, a like on a review on Spotify or Apple Music. If you guys listen to the podcast, you can give me a review. Uh, those those help quite a bit in getting you out there and noticed. Uh, obviously, liking or subscribing or whatever you do on podcasts. I don't know, following whatever the hell it is. You can do that. That helps. Um, also, if you're on, if you listen on SoundCloud, you can follow me on there uh, and you can give a good review on there too. But you know, whatever. Or hey, you listen and I appreciate that too because y'all are great. So. Thank you. Love you. I will talk to you again soon. I promise I will talk to you again soon. I can't promise it'll be before the last time, but I promise to you it will be sometime. So thank you, everybody. I will talk to you again soon. Have a good one. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.